those are my times when I know when things don't make sense in the world or when I when I just feel so broken, I know that's the only place I can go, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about when, who said to Jesus, I should know this, but I'm blanking because <laughs> I'm stressed with no. this interview. But, you know, where else can we go, Lord? You have mm-hmm. the words of our everlasting life. I mean, there have been times in my life where there is no other place to go because yeah. I just feel so broken mm-hmm. that being with Jesus in adoration is my only safe place. Welcome to the I Am Here podcast, a space to be inspired by stories of men and women who have found in the Eucharist the strength and purpose for their lives. I'm your co-host, Leah Butalid, and I've been gathering stories for IamHere.org. And I'm Father Mario Amore, a priest of the Archdiocese of Detroit. And today we welcome our guest, Shelly Propsentishka, to share her story. Welcome, Shelly. Thanks for having me. We're so glad to have you. Shelly, what parish are you part of here in the Detroit area? I belong to St. John Fisher University Parish out by Oakland University. Great. Wonderful. Beautiful. And uh, tell us what kind of work you do. Well, I actually run an art studio for people living with disabilities. It was inspired by my father, late father, Dr. Dale Propson. And when I was 15, he was hit by a drunk driver, and it was a pretty catastrophic accident. Um, Nobody thought he was going to live. My brother was in the car. They didn't think he was going to live. And uh, miraculously, he did, Um, was never able to go back to work as a pediatric dentist, but discovered art and came up with the idea of starting an art studio so people like himself could also benefit. So I have been running Paint a Miracle for the last 21 years. Wow. Yeah. Prior to that, I was an attorney. So... Okay, it's quite the change. Yeah, (laughs) incredible. Very noble work. That's awesome. Thank you so much for um, for sharing a little bit about what you do, and um, thank you again for sharing your your story with us on I Am Here. It's such a powerful testimony. I'm excited to dive in um, and kind of unpack what you've shared there. So, can we kind of start? with just a little bit of background of how and when you were introduced to the faith, what that looked like in your family growing up or uh, just throughout the the early stages of your life? Well, I was born and raised Catholic. And again, because of what happened with my father's car accident, it really um, put our faith front and center at an early age for all of us. But I would say that, you know, we were very much focused on Jesus. But my Catholic upbringing was a very, I guess, much a product of the 80s. And so I didn't really know my Catholic faith that well. And it was not until I was married with young kids and um, wondering, well, why why am I Catholic? And, and my um, there were certain things that were happening in my life that were making me question, you know, why should I be Catholic? And so I started really diving into Catholic radio, the writings of uh, St. John Paul II, and I really discovered the gift of our Catholic faith. And in that moment, I realized there was just no way I could ever walk away from the Eucharist because the supreme, incredible gift that Jesus has given us in the Mm -hmm. Eucharist and I felt like not to go to mass was and to receive not to go to mass and to not receive Jesus I just as soon 
couldn't breathe. I mean, it was a have to, not a want to. It was, yeah. Mm. And can you tell us a little bit more about just what kind of struggles you faced? Um, or what was it? You, you say at some point you really contemplated leaving the church. Well, um, my husband at the time suddenly decided he didn't want to be Catholic anymore. And it was... Um, it was shocking. I'm, I, 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 it was one of those moments in life where you just are completely blindsided. And I thought, okay, well, my role as his wife is to love him and to support him and to follow him. And so I thought, okay, well, if that's what he wants to do, because he really, I mean, he loved Jesus too. And so I thought, well, I'll just go visit these other churches with him. And my mom just said something to me, you know, Shelley, just, I want you to, to really think about this and pray about this. And, that, and that's when I really rediscovered my faith. And ironically, it kicked off a whole renewal in my, I have three younger brothers and all of them have this really profound, deep uh, Catholic faith, their families too. Wow, that's really beautiful. Um, as we recognize just in those moments in our lives where we have uh, just critical decisions to make um, we, we see how the Lord, as we look back upon them, um, how the Lord is always present in those moments. And um, depending on just kind of the, the willingness and the openness of our hearts, um, you know, God, God always moves us uh, closer to him. And he always has just the desire to, uh, to restore joy and bring us to a place um, of deeper encounter. And so, uh, yeah, we praise God that, that you are open to his movement, um, even in those difficult moments. Yes, it really is remarkable when you look back on things because you feel like you're in so much tor- turmoil at the time and you go, Lord, where are you? I mean, I don't feel you. I'm so confused. I feel like I'm stuck in this box and I can't get out. And then in retrospect, you realize he was there all the time. Mm. Yeah. I'm wondering if um, or what, what it was that led you to John Paul II's writings. It was probably Catholic Radio. Okay. It was probably Catholic Radio, and my son, when he was two or three years old, fell in love at a Catholic bookstore with the Divine Mercy image. Mm. I had no idea what it was at the time. He had to have it. So I bought it, and I thought, okay, Lord, there's a reason why this happened. I really feel like our children lead us in in ways that we don't understand closer to Christ. And so I started researching it and started researching about um, St. Maria Faustina and realizing the role that St. John Paul II had in all of that. And that really is a big part of what uh, kindled my love for the Pope and his and his writings. And then I discovered the theology of the body mm-hmm. and um, love and responsibility. And I just... Oh my goodness, his letter to artists, I mean, running mm-hmm. an art studio, I just tell every artist I know, you need to read that. It's wow. it's short, it's to the point, it inspires you. And you mentioned um, your conviction in the Eucharist, that you going to Mass wasn't a need, or it wasn't a want, it was a need for you. So can you share um, the experiences that led you to have this deep sense of Jesus's presence in the Blessed Sacrament? It's interesting that you tie it together like that because prior to all of this happening, why am I? Why do I want to be Catholic? Why does it matter to me? I had had uh, this experience uh, 
I want to say it was in the in the late 90s, and I was struggling. We were struggling to get pregnant, and um, it had gone on for a couple of years. And I felt so stupid because you know we think that we can tell God when we're ready for. Okay, I'm ready to have kids now. And then it doesn't happen. And I felt like God had forgotten me. I felt like maybe I, I was clearly doing something wrong. I mean, you, and he, it pulls out all those perfectionistic tendencies. And um, I went to, I was with my parents uh, on Marco Island, and we went to, it was a Lenten um, healing service that they had. And I just went because my parents were going. and. And little did I know that they were going to have exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, which I had never experienced before. And when it, the priest was walking around with Christ in the monstrance and a nun was praying um, for all these, you know, all these different scenarios, and he's walking through and, and stops in the, in, right by me just in that moment as the nun was praying for women who were desperately trying to get pregnant, who desperately wanted children, but were unable to have them. And he just stopped and turned. I was sitting on the end, just turned and just held Jesus there for me. And I just felt this wave of heat go through my body. And in that moment, I just knew that God had not forgotten me. And I, I really thought in that moment, oh, I'm healed. This is my healing. And sure enough, I got pregnant a few weeks later, and I thought, oh, wow, this is it. You know, wow. And then I lost that baby to miscarriage. And over the years, I realized that we don't understand why things happen. I mean, the strangest thing is that my son Alex was uh, – was conceived on the weekend that I should have had that baby. And so it really makes you go, we are never gonna understand how all of this fits together. As I look back on that experience, I think that that moment was a moment that I was supposed to go back to over and over again in life, that Jesus Mm -hmm. has not forgotten me. God has not forgotten me. He loves me with this this incredible love that Mm -hmm. is, you know, so much more beyond what I can even feel as a parent towards my kids right now. Mm-hmm. Right. That's such a grace that you were able to recognize that uh, desire for the Lord, that the Lord had for you to remember the moment that you experienced that, the, the profound presence. Um, you know, Jesus says, tells that to the disciples, like in the scriptures, and we, we find it over and over, like he tells us to remember, like we go back to those moments where we've encountered him. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in those moments, in that moment of grief and pain that you experienced after that moment, it, that could have been another um, uh, temptation, perhaps, just to leave or, or to question or to, to doubt um, or to despair. Um, but you had the grace, not that it was easy by any means, but you had the grace to remember um, just God's goodness in those, in those months past, you know, um, being in that church, being right before the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Um, and, and those are the moments that are meant to sustain us because not all of us have moments where we just always feel like we're in the Lord's presence and we're feeling, mm-hmm. uh, you know, full of his spirit. Um, and so Jesus tells us because he knows our humanity, we have to remember those moments when we do experience him. Yeah, and it's interesting because it kind of cultivated for me this habit. I mean, and, and you know, when you're a mom, you're busy. I mean, you're, you're 
especially if you're trying to be a working mom too, which for me, my job thankfully had this flexibility built in so that I could pretty much be a stay-at-home mom and do this job. But then you're trying to find time to pray, time to discern, mm-hmm. all of that sort of stuff. And that experience, that experience really kind of drove me to a deeper understanding of the role of, say, adoration. Mm-hmm. And those are my times when I know when things don't make sense in the world or when I when I just feel so broken, mm-hmm. I know that's the only place I can go, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about when, I can't remember, was it? Who said to Jesus, I should know this, but I'm blanking because I'm stressed with <laughs> no. this interview. But, you know, where else can we go, Lord? Mm-hmm. You have the words of our everlasting life. I mean, there have been times in my life where there is no other place to go because yeah. I just feel so broken mm-hmm. that being with Jesus in adoration is my only safe place. Yeah, and um, in the mystery of who God is, um, Jesus doesn't come to fix us, right? He doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't come, you know, to, to make everything all better for us and to kind of snap his fingers and say, okay, everything is right with the world. Um, but what he does do is he comes and um, just by his presence, his healing presence of love um, shows us that, that he's with us in those places. And, and being with him in those moments mm-hmm. is the best healing. Um, uh, it, it's the best we could ask for because that, that's life himself and mercy himself and healing himself um, just right there with us. Yeah. Shelley, I'd love to know a little bit about your experience in those moments when you go to Jesus in in these, you know, s- severe trials or moments of pain or brokenness. What is your prayer like? How how does he respond to you? What is what is What are those moments like for you? I guess those are my most genuine moments with him. I think as I've grown in my faith, I don't worry so much about what I'm saying to him because he knows my thoughts anyway. And and so I'm just gut-wrenchingly honest with him. I mean, I you know, Lord, I don't understand. I don't understand why this has to happen. I don't understand why I have to watch my child suffer. You know, I don't understand why I have um, to feel like everything is crumbling down at once because that's mm-hmm. how it feels like it happens. I mean, you look at these scenarios and you watch other people that you 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 love or that you're friends with and it all just piles on at once. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I feel like when I go sit with him in adoration, I'll pour all that out to him, all my frustration, all my brokenness. And I'll just say, there's no place else I can go. This is, you know, you are everything to me. And I don't, I really don't want anything other than God's will in my life. Um, But then I will sit there and lots of times I'll bring a book and and read Mm -hmm. too, because I just feel like just sitting in his presence uh, in that, in that moment and picking up a book that I've been wanting to read but maybe haven't been able to read or something that's a little bit more um, challenging, that's my time to do that. And what would what would you say to just somebody then uh, who maybe have, hasn't experienced Eucharistic adoration before? Um, they might be going through a particular trial in their own life or, um, or maybe not, or 
just some some advice you would give to to other people to encourage them to take advantage of that opportunity to be in the Lord's presence? I think my biggest piece of advice is just do it when you can. I think sometimes as Catholics we feel like we have to be doing it all the time. We have to, you know, go to if I can't go to adoration once a week, then I'm 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 failing or or I'm not doing what I need to be doing and I would just say, especially to busy moms, just grab those moments when you can. Just, you know, take it when you can and don't beat yourself up over not being a perfect Christian or a perfect Catholic um, because Jesus knows that as mothers, our our prayer life um, just takes on different dimensions at different times. I mean, you know, sometimes that prayer is just in caring for your child. Mm-hmm. And in all of those, um, you know, the, the very the very name of uh, this podcast, I Am Here, is just a reminder to us all. Like, all of us have different stories and all of us have different um, schedules and, and the busyness of life uh, that can consume us sometimes. And... Um, but that's what we all bring to the Lord in, in our prayer, all of who we are. And like you said, just being being a busy mom or not thinking, um, you know, like, what what's what's the use of going? Like, I haven't gone in a long time and uh, this isn't something for me. Um, but just just giving ourselves over to the fact that we're not perfect people, but the Lord is always calling us to himself um, and into deeper relationship with us and just wants to spend that time with us. Exactly, because my holy hour may only turn into a, a holy 20 minutes by the time, you know, somebody else is sending out an SOS because they're, I don't know, they're just, there's always things when you are close with family and when you're trying to be there for family and extended family, everyone has needs. Mm-hmm. And again, yes, going back to that, just do do what you can if you if you know all you can have is a holy 30 minutes or a holy 15 minutes just go go do it mm-hmm. just do it for that short period of time yeah. um, especially because it's a gift that mm-hmm. that Jesus is there for us he is he's there for us and we can just stop by a church and and be with him and of course of course he's everywhere at every moment i mean mm-hmm. praying in the car but he's just there in a really special way in the eucharist Absolutely. Shelly, I'm so touched by um, just your your openness to Jesus in these these hard places um, and, and the difficult moments you've experienced in your life. Um, what encouragement would you have for someone who's facing a really heavy cross right now or uh, just a really big burden? Um, what, what would you say to, to that person going through that, having to endure something like that? I guess I would say to do your best to embrace that cross because it's through suffering that we really encounter Jesus. And I'm still trying to understand why that is Mm -hmm. the way it is, but it's those points in my life that I have gone through extreme suffering that somehow it's shaped me Mm -hmm. and grown me closer to Christ and helped bring along the people that I, I love closer to Christ Mm. And, I mean, there is something to redemptive suffering. There is something to, when you're going through suffering, to offer that up. Mm. And, you know, for 
I don't know, if you're going through infertility, offer that up for other moms who are going through infertility or have lost babies, or if you've got a family member who's suffering, offer up that suffering. I just feel like it gives meaning to the suffering Mm -hmm. and somehow just trusting that God is going to bring good out of that Mm -hmm. suffering. It's interesting because my dad, years after his car accident, he was interviewed by Mitch Album, Mm -hmm. and one of the things he said on the interview, uh, Mitch said to him, you know, what do you have to say to other people who have suffered misfortune. And my dad said, I'm glad I have had this misfortune because now these people have something that makes them feel better. And, you know, I always look to my dad because he lived in this broken body for 35 years after his car accident. I mean, he had lost most of his frontal lobe. He lost most of his eyesight, most of his other senses. And he got up every day and went and, and lived life and lived it to the to the fullest and you know miraculously um, all of his children stayed close to the Lord and there was a whole lot of ups and downs and suffering and heartbreak and we went through you know a lot of really hard stuff and we did not do it perfectly but you know at the at the end of the day you know we stayed somehow stayed close to Jesus, I think in large part to my mother's prayers. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Shelley, for sharing your story and, um, and just witnessing to what Jesus has done in your life, the power of his healing, um, the power of his presence. We're so grateful that you would share it with us. Thanks so much for having me, and thank you for doing this podcast for so many people. It's really a gift. Oh, of course. It's our pleasure. Thank you for listening to the I Am Here podcast. You can read and listen to more stories of people encountering Jesus in the Eucharist at IamHere.org. And we also invite you to share your story with us. I Am Here is a campaign by the Archdiocese of Detroit and Hallow App in support of the National Eucharistic Revival.